Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. See, but the thing that happens is God wants you to forgive and face that thing and face the situation that you're dealing with so that he can fix it. God wants to heal you. He does not want us to walk around with bitterness and hatred and anger and unforgiveness in our hearts because we're not meant to be that way. We can't function. We can't be whole. We can't function as we're ordained to function when we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And a lot of times, you know, people think that they've forgiven somebody because they've moved on. But moving on is not forgiveness. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, hello. It's good to see you again. And we want to welcome you to the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Reverend James Richardson, and I'm excited to be with you this evening. Listen, I have a word that I want to share with you tonight. We, we uh, talked last time I was with you, we talked about face it. And so uh, tonight I want to do part two of face it. And so I'm excited about this word. I know that this word is going to be life changing. I, I hope that you're going to go ahead and grab some people that's around you right now. Grab your friends, your family, your neighbors, whoever, your sister, your brother. Tell them to come come in right now and come to the TV screen or the whatever you're watching this broadcast on. And, and just just tune in with us tonight as we explore the word of God just for a little while. And so tonight I'm, I want to open up in a word of prayer and then we're going to move forward with the word of God for tonight. So come on and just pray with me right now. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, for this time of, of, of just exploring your word, Lord God, the time in your word for life application that we may be changed into your, your glorious uh, presence, God, and that you would use this word, Father God, to transform our minds, to transform our hearts, to transform every part of us, God. We give you glory tonight. We thank you that as we gather around your word, Lord God, you will reveal yourself to us. Let the Holy Spirit do the teaching, God. Uh, I'm just a vessel, God, and I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word with your people tonight on the Kingdom Rock Network, God. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in your son Jesus' name. We pray right now, and we thank you for what you're going to do already. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want you to open up your, the word of God with us tonight to the book of Genesis that's our foundational scripture in the book of Genesis, chapter 31. And we're going to be looking at verse 13. And in here, it says in, in, in uh, Genesis 31, 13, it says, I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Here in the word of God, the Lord was speaking to Jacob. And last time I was with you, we were talking about how Jacob um, had had a dispute and, uh, with his brother Esau. And he had offended his brother Esau. And so Esau was so angry at Jacob that he told, he, he said, when my father dies, I'm going to kill my brother. And so uh, Rebecca, which is their mother, told Jacob, look, I want you to go stay with your with my brother Laban 
because your brother's angry at you and he, he's going to try to kill you. So I want you to go and stay with him in another country until your brother cools off and th until things get better. So she sent her son Jacob away to preserve his life. So Jacob went and he went to stay with his uncle Laban. And in that country, in that foreign land, the Bible says that Jacob uh, got married. He had wives. He had children. He prospered. He was blessed and he was there for about 20 years. And then uh, at this point, as we just read in the scripture, the Lord came to Jacob and he spoke to him. He said, you've been here long enough. He said, but now it's time for you to go back to the place of your birth. And this is where the Lord was speaking to Jacob. And so what was God calling for Jacob to do? God was calling for even though Jacob was prosperous, he was in a comfortable place. He had wives. He had children. He had he, he you know, he had wealth. He had everything that he needed. But God was calling for Jacob to go back and face some things that he had ran away from a long time ago. And so we talked about how God will call us to go back and face those things that we might have ran away from, those hurts, those pains, whatever they were, unresolved issues, unhealed hurts, unmet needs, whatever they are, God always calls us to go back and face those things that we, that we, you know, that were former, that were, that had, you know, hurt us in our lives. And so God was calling for Jacob to do that. And, but, but see, here's the thing. Jacob knew that God was calling him to go back, but he didn't know what he was going to have to face when he, when he went back. He didn't know that if, it, if his brother Esau was still going to be angry at him, angry enough to say, look, I'm still angry at my brother uh, Jacob. And when he comes back, I'm still going to kill him. He didn't know what he was going to have to face. But he knew that he had to go back because the Lord had told him to go back and face that situation. But when Jacob uh, was went back and met his brother, listen, his brother had been healed. Time had healed that that offense that he had with his brother. And he loved his brother. He, he hugged his brother. He, he said, it's good to see you. And they had a wonderful reunion. And Jacob said, listen, don't even worry. About, uh, Esau said, don't worry about that stuff that happened in the past. Uh, Esau forgave his brother and they had a wonderful reunion. So what God will do is when well, he knows that he's trying to bring healing in our lives, he's trying to bring resolution in our lives. He will have us to go back and face things that we ran away from, you know, a long time ago. Or even it could be something that happened even recently that God may, is telling you, listen, you have to face that thing. And so because Jacob faced his past, the Lord fixed it and brought healing in his relationship with his brother. But tonight, I want to talk about part two of face it. And I want to talk tonight about forgiveness. I want to talk about forgiveness tonight. And so we're going to we're going to um, we're going to start here. The question that I have on my uh, uh, that I posed to you tonight is how do you forgive someone who has wronged you on purpose? I'm talking about people who really put that dagger in your back real good and wounded you. And the bigger question is, why do you have to face it and forgive them? Why do you have to do that? Well, we're going to come up with some answers for that tonight. You know, in the in I've I've seen, uh, uh, you know, TV shows where, you know, somebody uh, might have killed someone's loved one. And I've heard people say this before. I heard people say things like, I'll never forgive them for what they did to me. You know, and I've heard, I've even heard some of my family or friends, you know, somebody might have offended them. And they say, I'll never speak to her again. I'll never forgive her because the wound that they received from that person was so deep that they just said, I, I can never forgive her, forgive them. But the Lord doesn't want us to be that way because, see, the Lord said in his word, he said, if you don't forgive others, he said, then I can't forgive you. 
So he calls us as believers to forgive others just like, he, like, we, like he's forgiven us because we've offended God who knows how many times. I know myself, I've offended God many times. But every time it, that I've gone to God and I said, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. The Lord, is, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, some of us have been walking around with daggers in our hearts for years. We're bitter. We're broken and angry because some person wronged us. They did us wrong. And really, you know, we feel like, man, I have a right to feel the way I feel because that person did me wrong. They hurt me and they did it on purpose. It wasn't like they did it by accident. They hurt me on purpose. And so when somebody has wronged us or hurt us on purpose, it's, it's so hard for us to say, I'm just going to forgive that thing and let it go. You know, many times we, you know, we could, but you know, we, we think a lot of times that we're walking in forgiveness. See, but the thing that happens is God wants you to forgive and face that thing and face the situation that you're dealing with so that he can fix it. God wants to heal you. He does not want us to walk around with bitterness and hatred and anger and unforgiveness in our hearts because we're not meant to be that way. We can't function. We can't be whole. We can't function as we're ordained to function when we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And a lot of times, you know, people think that they've forgiven somebody because they've moved on. But moving on is not forgiveness. Many times I've heard people say, I'm good. I'm good. I've let that go. I've moved on. We think that moving on or running away is forgiveness, but it's not. Moving on and running away is not forgiveness. But I want you to understand something. Forgiveness, forgiving is not forgetting. Just because you forgive somebody or let that thing go, some things we'll never be able to forget because it's, it was such a traumatic thing that happened that the person might have done to you or that something that you might have done to somebody else. It was so traumatic that you probably would never forget it. But you can release that person from that debt and you're able to. You know, when I was a young man growing up, you know, and this is something personal to me. I, my stepfather was a person he, you know, to explain the type of person that he was. He was a man that was and God rest his soul. Uh, you know, he 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 made his transition into heaven and, and everything. But, you know, when I was young, he was a he was a man that was very, um, very just all discipline, all discipline, but no love. And so throughout life, he made it very hard for me. He was very hard on me, you know, and just all this discipline, 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 but with no love there. And so I grew up hating this man. I, I, I saw how he treated my mother. And so I had all these things in my heart against him. You know, I even mentioning his name and I would just get angry every time I thought about him or any time I told somebody else about him. I would just have anger in my heart. And I, I had that hatred in my heart for a long, long time up into my 20s, into my 30s. I had hatred in my heart for this man. But, you know, the Lord came to me one day. The Lord spoke to me one day and said, you got to forgive him. And I was like, forgive him. I'm not forgiving that guy. You know, all the stuff that he did to me, I'm not going to forgive him. But the Lord said, if you don't forgive him, then I can't be complete in you. And so I said, oh, I, I, I said well, you know what? I'm going to go to him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to have a conversation with him. I want to see if he's changed. And so I went one day and I sat down to have a conversation with him. And you know that man, after all those years, he still had not changed. He was still a discourager. But you know what I had to do? 
I had to make a decision that, you know what? Even though he is still the same, I need my peace. And so I chose at that time to forgive that man, to let that thing go so that I could have my freedom, so that I can have my peace. And I released him of those harsh things that he had done to me. And you know what? I got my freedom. But you know, how do you really know that you've really forgiven someone? You know, because I, I hear people say all the time, I've forgiven them. I've let that thing go. It doesn't bother me anymore. I've seen people that have told me that, hey, I've, I've forgiven them. But you know that you haven't forgiven them, that when that person's name is mentioned, you have a, a scowl on your face. You know what I'm saying? You just get angry just hearing their name. Someone calls their name. You know, some people have baby daddies and they, 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 somebody mentions that baby daddy and they're like, mm, I just, I can't stand him. You know, as soon as their name is mentioned. Sometimes, you know, you, you know, you haven't forgiven that person because if you see them, you, when you see them in person, you treat them like dirt. You treat them bad and you say you've forgiven them because you've moved on, but you haven't forgiven them if you're still treating that person bad. Or if you find yourself talking about that person all the time, telling everybody, I can't believe what they did to me. Every time anybody you can talk to, you talk about what they did to you all the time. You're still talking about it. it could have been 10 years ago that that thing happened. But because you never forgave that person, you're still talking about it. You're still mentioning it to people and telling people about it because that person deeply wounded you and hurt you. You know, you know, some I've heard I've heard women say, yeah, I can't believe he left me for that other woman. It's been 20 years and they're still bitter about she he left me for that other woman. I'll never forgive him. You know, I, uh, you know, sometimes people borrow money and they don't pay it back. He borrowed that money from me. and He never paid me back. She, she never paid me back that money. You know, I've, I have people that, that, that borrow money from me that never paid me back. But I, you know what? I was like, I am not going to walk around in uh, offense uh, at that person because they didn't pay me back my money. Look, I still, I've even still have conversations with those people. Sometimes I even think that they might've forgot about it, but you know, I just released it. I don't have time to be carrying unforgiveness in my heart against somebody over some money, whether it's a family, it's, fam it's been family members, friends, all kinds of people that, that I felt like, man, they, they borrowed money, they never paid it back. But I let that stuff go. You know, sometimes it might have been a parent, a father or a mother who wasn't there for you growing up. And you have you just bitter and angry because they weren't there for me. I can't believe they weren't there for me to provide things for me when I was a young child to give me guidance. I'm so angry at them. But do you know that sometimes a father not being there, it could be a situation where God is really trying to protect you because you don't know the type of stuff that they might have that they're dealing with that they might have pushed off on you. So sometimes when God blocks a relationship from your life, whether it's a, 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 a ex-husband or an ex-wife or a father or something like that, or some type of family member or a friend that you might have wanted to be friends with and God just cut that relationship off away from you. He's he might have been trying to protect you from something that was going to be hurtful to you later on in life. So we have to learn to forgive. But how do we face these pains and forgive? Well, I'm going to tell you something. The number one key, I believe, is realizing that forgiveness is not about them. It's about you. God, the Father, wants you to be free. It doesn't even matter whether or not that person is told you they're sorry, apologized or whatever, but he wants you to have the freedom some people, I'm just telling you the truth, they never change. They'll, they'll just stay that way. And they'll never, they just, you know, you're like, man, they're still that way after 10 years. 
but it's not about them. It's about you having your freedom. You know, you know, um, some people may may never change and God, but God wants us to be whole. See, we can't walk around and 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 uh, uh, and be whole if we're wounded. You understand? That's like walking around. Somebody sticks a knife in your back and you just you, you know, you just keep on going on. You know, you got a knife in your back and you just walking around like nothing's nothing's going on. But you feel that 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 knife in your back. But you just don't go to the hospital. You don't go to the doctor. You don't get you don't call the ambulance to get them to come and pull it out. You just keep on living and keep on going. You know what I'm saying? Walking around with this knife in your back just wounded and you walking around for years with this knife in your back. That's what it's like when you don't forgive having a knife stuck in your back or somebody shoots you and you got a bullet and you know they need to go in there and take that bullet out but you just leave it in there. You walking around wounded and, and, and you're acting like everything is fine but you're wounded, you're hurt and God wants to heal that wound. He wants to get that bullet out of you. That, that emotional bullet that somebody shot you with. That emotional knife or dagger or arrow that somebody shot in you. God doesn't want you to walk around like that no more than, than a person that's got a physical knife in their back and they're going to keep walking around. Because what's going to happen? If somebody stabs you with a knife and it's in your back, you're gonna, you, you, you can continue to walk around for a little while. But sooner or later, you're going to die because you're going to bleed out. And some of us are bleeding out spiritually. Some of us are bleeding out emotionally. We've been bleeding out for years because we've had knives in our backs. Things that we haven't been able to let go of. And God doesn't want us to be like that. What happens is we learn to function in dysfunction. Do you know that that happens with a lot of us? We learn how to function in dysfunction. We carry the pain, the wound, the arrow, the dagger with us. It becomes a part of us. And that's not good. You know, when I was a, a little, when I was young, when I was about 12 years old, my friends and I, we used to go out and, and play uh, tackle football on this football field. It was like we, we you know, we, we did that on the weekends when we were out of school. And so we had a, one neighborhood that played against another. And I was, I was uh, I'm, I'm not whatever big now, but I was really small then. And so one time I was out there playing and I was running the ball. I was the running back and this big guy tackled me. And when he tackled me, he hurt me. I fell back and I to catch myself, I put my arms back and I fell on my arm and my right arm was out of joint or something. I don't know what happened to it, but I, I knew it was out of joint. But you know what? I got back up and continued to play. And when I went home, I never told my mom I was wounded. Do you know my arm was out of joint or something? And and so Years, you, do you know that I never said anything to anyone? I was, you know, I was, I'm, I'm going to be a man. I'm not going to say that to my mom. I was like that for about eight or nine, ten years. I was 12 years old, and I think I was probably about 23 years old. And do you know that I could not lift my arm up, but this far? It would, every time I would lift it up, it would, it, would, it would just be, it would pain me. And I started realizing, I didn't even realize it, that I had left that wound that way for a long time. And I was in a church service one time. And the man of God said, hey, he said there, God wants to heal some people. And he said, if you need healing, because that thing has started to bother me when I got older. And I, I went down for healing. And when the man of God prayed for me, my God healed that wound in my arm. I don't know if he just put it back in joint in place. But after that, I could lift this arm freely after that. And God wants to do the same thing with some of us emotionally. See, because we've been carrying wounds around things that have been unhealed 
for many, many years. We've been carried, walking around with wounds, and God wants us to be able to worship him. He wants us to be able to lift up our hands emotionally and worship him with freedom. But we have these wounds that are holding us down, these, this bondage, these things that have been keeping us in bondage for years. And God is saying, listen, I want to heal you. I want to give you that freedom so that you can be whole. God, does, God did not call for us to be, to be, you know, to be half or be, or be, you know, be struck down. But God called us to be whole. And I want to share a scripture with you from the book of Exodus, chapter 3 and verse uh, 7 through 10. And it says here, it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. He's talking to Moses in Egypt. He said, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Do you know that God is concerned about us? So I have come down to rescue them. God says, I'm coming down to rescue them. He said, I've come down to rescue them from the land of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. I just want to stop there for a minute. Do you know that God wants to, to rescue you and bring you out into a good and spacious land, a place of blessings, a land flowing with milk and honey? God has blessings for you. He wants to bring you, bring us out a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the, Paras, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, all the ites. <laughs> he said, and now the cry of Israel has reached me. Do you know that when you pray to the Lord, you think that it's not going anywhere? But the Bible says, he says that the cry of Israel reached him. When the people cried out to him, when they prayed to him, even when they were going through their bondage and slavery, he said, the cry of Israel, the Israelites has reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. That lets you know that God sees you. He sees what you're going through. He knows if you're being oppressed. He knows that you're going through stuff. And this is what he said in verse 10. So now go. He's talking to Moses. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You see, Moses had ran away from his past. He was he was living in Egypt and he had grew up in, in, in the Egyptian house and in and kingdom and everything. But then he saw one. He saw some of the Hebrews being wronged and he went to go try to defend one of them. And he ended up killing one of the Egyptians. And then the word got out and, and Moses ran away. And Moses went to Midian. He was living in Midian. And in Midian, he found a wife. He had a wife. He had children. He had a, a good father in law. He was doing well. And some of us, you know, we've ran away from our past. We're doing well. We're living in that nice house. We got a nice car. We're doing well. But we've forgotten about the mission. We've forgotten about the destiny that God has for us. And so one day Moses goes up to the mountain. And when he goes up there, he looks over and the Bible says he sees this bush that is burning. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And the Bible says that Moses said, let me turn aside to see the mystery of this burning bush that doesn't be, it's not consumed. And when he turned aside, the Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, listen. He said, I've seen the cry of my people and I've called you. I'm calling you to your destiny. I'm calling you to go back and face the thing that you ran away from. I want you to face your destiny. And see, the thing about it is Moses didn't want to do it. Moses is like, look, I'm comfortable. I'm over here in Midian. I'm doing well. Well, I got children. I got my wife. My father-in-law likes me, you know, and that's a big thing because the father-in-law don't usually like you, the mother or something. But he says, the father-in-law likes me. I'm doing well. But God says, no, I'm getting you out of your comfort zone. It's time for you to go back and face your past. And so Moses, 
Finally, he said, okay, I'll do it. But he said, I'm not going to do it unless you go with me. And God says, I'll be with you. He says, I'm the one that created your mouth. And so Moses went on ahead and he, he, he agreed to go back. And he said, he's, and, 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 and the thing to realize is the Lord told Moses, he said, don't worry, I'm going with you. And when you go back to face your situation, guess what? God's going to go with you. And he's going to help you to face that situation no matter how tough it is. Because sometimes there's pain, there's suffering, there's things that we have to face when we're facing some of those things. It's painful to face our past. But when we go back and we face our past, God can come in and begin to heal things that we had to face. Moses went back and he faced his past and you know the rest. God delivered the, the children of Israel out of slavery. He brought them out. And so that's a wonderful thing. The last scripture that I want to share with you today is from Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39. And this is, this is, this is, this is when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. He knew that he would, he knew what he had came to the earth to do. He knew that he was here to die for the sins of the people. He died. He came to die for the sins of the world. The father sent his only begotten son to die for our sins so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And so here, just before Jesus is getting ready to have to face his situation, the Lord's the Lord, he went to go pray. He went to have prayer. And so here in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39, this is what happened. This is what he said. The Bible says he went a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. This thing that I have to face Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And then we jump down to verse 42, and it says, he went the second time. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed. He said, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, he said, your will be done. And so twice, Jesus said, listen, this, this situation is hard. I know I'm about to go through some suffering. I know I have to face something. I have to face this thing. I have to face this persecution that I'm about to go through. I have to face this cross that I'm about to be hung on. I have to face this death that's about to happen to me. But what did he say? He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If I have to face it, I have to face it. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be tough. I know my disciples are going to, uh, you know, they're going to run away. They're going to be scattered. I know that Judas is going to betray me. I know what I'm about to face, but nevertheless, my, not my will, but thy will be done. When you get to the point where you're ready to face your situation, face your trials, face whatever it is that you're going through, face those things that hurt you, face the past, whatever it is that you have to face. It's not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, let your will be done in me. Lord, I'm ready to face this situation because I want to be whole. I have a mission to achieve. Moses had a mission to achieve. Jesus had a mission to achieve. Joseph had a mission to achieve. And you have a mission, a destiny, a calling that God is calling you to achieve. But you have to face the situations, whatever it is, in order to get there. There are some things that you got to face so that God can make you whole and he can use you for, your, for, your, for the destiny that he's called you to do. We have to face it so he can fix it. That's what he wants to do. He wants to fix every broken situation in your life. God wants to fix it. 
but he can't fix it if you don't face it. So the next, so we're going to come back next time and share part three with you on, on face it. There's some things that you can do. There's things that you can do. So God, so that, uh, things that you can face things, ways, things that you can do five ways to face your problems. Excuse me. Five ways that you can face your problems. I want to share with you next time. And that's when you take these five ways, I believe they're going to help you to face it so God can fix it. Now, my friends, I want to pray for you right now that God would just begin to deal with your heart so that you can you will be able to be strong and have the will to face those things that God is calling you to face so that he can fix it. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your people, God, that they would understand and know the things that they have to face, God, and they would have the courage, the courage, God, to do what they need to do, Father God, to move forward and go back and, and, and face those things that they've ran away from or face those situations that have broken them face those things the people that put daggers in their backs that shot them with arrows father god that may have wounded them in in a hurtful and hurtful way god give them the strength to be able to face those things so that god will be able to fix it god we thank you for bringing healing as they move forward god and as they go forth and move forward into facing those situations god you would come in as the healer because you're the healer god You're the healer. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord. And if you healed your people back then, then you're going to heal your people right now. So, Lord, I thank you right now for for healing your people in the name of Jesus, God. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Listen, my friends, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to offer you that opportunity right now to just accept him. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. And I'm asking you to come into my heart. I believe that your son Jesus came to the earth. He walked the earth. He was crucified. He died. And he rose on the third day. And now he's seated in heaven. Now, Lord, come into my heart, change me, renew me, restore me, make me more like you. Lord, I give thanks to you for being in my life today and forevermore in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, my friends, you are now a part of the kingdom. Now. Get connected with a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where your life can be changed. And also, you can tune in to the Kingdom Rock Network anytime at KingdomRock.org to watch any of the messages that we share on this network. We thank you for tuning in tonight, and we give glory to God for you. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.